Rusty Quill presents. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, time for some quick plugs. I've been streaming on Twitch at least once a week at twitch.tv slash wovagonpod. On Sunday afternoons, I write the soundtrack for that week's episode, and I also play games like GeoGuessr and The Logical Journey of the Zumbinis, so check that out if that's something that you might be interested in. If you'd like to support the show, consider joining the Patreon at patreon.com slash woe underscore begon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, instrumentals, soundtrack albums, Q&As, director's commentaries, and more. That's patreon.com slash woe underscore begon. Special thanks to my 10 newest patrons, Mystic Arcanum, The Happy Zoologist, Regan, Varian, Ben, Wyke Malters, Amy Bill, Doyon An, Mom Jokes, and In for supporting the show. Enjoy. Thanks for meeting with me today. I can tell you're nervous. Don't be. This is a formality. It was a quiet afternoon at base, with the rest of the group seemingly having gone home for the evening. The sun through the windows illuminated the dust particles in the living room. The mood was warm and sleepy, present situation notwithstanding. Anne was right, as per usual. I was nervous. I felt my jaw clenching and made a conscious effort to relax it, though it clinched again as soon as I stopped paying attention to it. Anne was collected and prepared and simultaneously relaxed, like a star pupil confidently giving a presentation they know that they did a perfect job on. Sometimes I could feel myself tense up when she was that put together. She reminded me of Ty Betteridge in those moments, superficially, through no fault of her own, of course. This demeanor was a tool, and they were both using this tool, but to different ends. We sat on opposite sides of the coffee table, which had folders spread across its entire surface. I took a sip of my coffee. It was black and bitter. My throat's a little scratchy today. Can I, uh, get some honey for this? I asked. 
Scratchy from practicing the Michael voice, she asked. How dare you? I slammed my coffee cup on the table. Well, I didn't slam it because I didn't want to get coffee everywhere, but I sat it down as hard as I could, so the bit didn't really work, but at least I tried. And I had been practicing the Michael voice, but only because Mike didn't know how to do the Michael voice and it almost got him into hot water in one of the missions. And Edgar likes the cowboy voice, but Anne doesn't need to know any of this. Regardless, I'm pretty sure we're out of honey, Anne replied. Oh, and why's that? Is it because we're so far in the future that all the bees are extinct? I asked. Anne laughed. <laughs> nice try, Mikey boy. That's, that's funny. Not gonna rule it out, though. She winked at me. You could be at any time, past, present, or future. It's important that you don't know for the sake of the stability of this conversation. Before the interview, I had looked around the living room in the base in whatever time I was currently in. It looked remarkably like the living room I was used to lounging around in when there wasn't work to be done. Same television, same couches, same table, all of which didn't look any worse for wear. Same picture of the whole base at the corrections party that established this version of the base. Everyone still alive, reality still being the one that I was familiar with. I didn't think that she had moved me far from my native time. Of course, I replied. But can you at least tell me which Anne you are? Nope, can't do that either, she replied. For the same reasons. Anyone who would want to intervene in this conversation would have to figure out which Anne to compromise. I squinted at her, knowing ahead of time that I wasn't going to be able to tell the difference. My Anne and the Anne sent from her organization weren't like myself, Mike, and Michael. They were similar to the point of being indiscernible from one another. They didn't have conveniently placed facial scars like the Hunters. They didn't go by separate names. They were both Anne. They saw themselves as the same person. I disagreed. There had been more Mike Walterses than I could keep track of at this point. I had watched some of them die. I knew that others had died, and it didn't physically affect me. It didn't affect the Mikes in Latvia that came after me. They weren't connected in the same way that the past is connected to the present, and the present is connected to the future. The Mikes were all different people from my perspective, which meant that the Anns had to be different people too, even if I couldn't always tell them apart. And are you aware of the reason for these interviews? Anne asked. She wrote something down in her notebook. I know that you are, because you were present for the inciting incident, but as a formality, I'm, I'm just going through the checklist like I'm going to with everyone. You're the first interview, so this is also a little bit of a practice run. Someone killed Elder Hunter, and we have to figure out who it is before the hunters figure out that it happened, I said. Ding, 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 we have a winner, she replied. Do you think that these interviews are going to work? Almost everyone at current base is from this time, and the murder presumably happens in the future, I said. Well, without letting on too much, she said, this is part of a multi-pronged approach to the situation. We are not the only group trying to figure this out. So, the other Anns, I replied. No more from me, even what I said is too much, she replied. But you could have figured that out, I think. True, the interviews in this present might not result in figuring out what happened, but it could give us a more holistic snapshot of the entire event. If we can get a good idea of what the circumstances might be, then that would be a good start, at least. Yeah, that makes sense, I said. Oh, and uh, I didn't kill Elder Hunter, so uh, just to get that out of the way. Anne smirked. 
Oh, you're saying you didn't kill him. Well, if you say so, then I guess we can just skip right over that question, huh? I'm not kidding. Look, I actually wrote it down as the first question. Did you kill Elder Hunter? I mean, no one's going to say yes, but how silly would I look if they would have said yes and I didn't ask it? Fair point. Especially with me. There's a chance that if it had been me, then I would have just told you, I said. Yep, there's a good chance you would have, she said. Moving along, uh, here's a Mike-specific question. What do you recall about the night in question? The Elder Hunter incident, if you will. Let's see. Edgar and I were watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things, a film I can never watch again. Elder Hunter fell into the cabin around 9pm. He was already dead when he got there. From there, there are two realities that I remember. One where I called Punish Hunter and he told me to kill Edgar to keep him from talking. I tried to send Elder Hunter away through the over-security program, but Punish Hunter found me, roughed me up, uh, knocked me out, and sent me back to my cabin and sent Edgar to Mesa, Arizona? I guess to buy me some time and to keep Edgar from talking? In the other reality, which I guess is this one, uh, you and me showed up to the cabin and told Mikey and Edgar to mind their own business, and to never mention this to any hunter for any reason. And then we moved Elder Hunter using the calculator. So, just the events that we corrected and us doing the correction itself? She asked. Uh, of course, yeah, just the two. What do you mean? I asked. So you don't remember any other iterations of that event? She asked. No. I squinted at her. Are there other iterations of that event? That's, uh, not for me to disclose, she said. Are you saying that because you don't know, or because you do know and the answer is yes? I asked. You have successfully pinpointed what I'm not disclosing, she replied. You know, having recounted that night for the first time in some time, some of those details do feel like the hunters issuing corrections on themselves. Punish Hunter didn't kill Edgar even though he clearly wanted to. He knew where to find me, and he kept me from using the security program. Who knows what happens if he hadn't have done that. So there were probably more than two ways that night played out. But that sounds like a question for Michael. If anyone remembers, then it's him, I said. He's got about ten completely different realities under his belt, from what I can tell. I'll ask him in his interview next week. By the way, do you know why he said he wasn't available to do the interview until next week? She asked. He didn't say anything to me. I said, I don't see what reason he would have, it's not like he's doing anything else. Anything else that we're allowed to know about, Anne corrected me. You would do well to remember that he's not a member of your base. He's a member of base ten years from now. He takes orders from them first, not us. And that base works him on SRT, so if something is going to take a week, then he'll be busy for a week. Sorry, uh, SRT? There's new lingo? I asked. Simulated real time. As in, if a job takes two hours, then when you come back, it'll be two hours later. We already do this, she said. I picked it up from Anne. Right, you picked it up from Anne, and you aren't the other Anne. Sure, Anne. Get it? It's like a Brady bun. Anne made an important point. I sometimes found it too easy to forget that Mike and Michael weren't working with us, first and foremost. They were issuing corrections, and those corrections, of course, had to be handed down by a later iteration of the base with a better vantage point than we had. That was the entire reason that they were here. And by here, I do mean Latvia. I fidgeted with my coffee cup nervously. Michael has been acting suspicious lately. 
Or, I suppose more accurately, he did something suspicious recently. Oh, uh, what did he do? Anne asked. So as you know, relative to my time, I just got back from a corrections mission with the Latvia crew regarding the Glacier incident, I explained. That mission went smoothly. We had some unexpected help, which really Michael should detail in his report because he was the only one that knew what was going on. But then Michael did something really strange. At the end of that mission, I brought up this interview, as in you interviewing me about the death of Elder Hunter. Mike reacted normally, but Michael got snappy with us as soon as I breached the subject. We were getting along fine. I remember the mood being really high after our action-packed mission just went off without a hitch. Then his mood switched in an instant and he wanted to get us all out of there and away from each other. At least that's what it felt like. And that was a big red flag. Anne noted what I said in her notebook, only looking up at me when she was done writing. You're right, Mikey. That is quite suspicious, I must say. Do you think that he did it? I asked. Well, Michael's a hard nut to crack, you know that, Anne said. The easy explanation is that, yeah, he feels guilty about killing Elder Hunter or is worried that I'm going to find him out and then he snapped at you. But he could also be aware that acting like that would make him look suspicious and so he's drawing suspicion onto himself in order to protect someone. That's how Michael sees himself, he's a protector. He calls himself a sheepdog, and the sheep that he's herding are the Mikes and the Edgars. So there's a significant chance that he's trying to draw attention to himself in order to take the heat off of one of you. That being said, that self-awareness doesn't end there. Maybe he knows that I would know that it would be too simple for him to be the culprit. Maybe he knows that I would suspect that he's protecting someone and that would take suspicion off of him. So maybe he did do it, and by acting like he's guilty, he thinks that that will make him look innocent. Regardless, you did exactly what he wanted you to do and told me about it. Uh, at least that I'm pretty sure of. I stared into my coffee cup while she spoke. And how many layers deep do you think you have to go before you find what level he's actually on? And shrugged. Dunno. Roll a die, maybe? Whatever number it lands on is how many layers deep his reasoning goes? Edgar's got a d20 in a drawer in our bedroom, I think. I said. Hmm, might need more sides than that. Maybe a random number generator. Anne said. I sat the coffee cup down on the table, gently this time. Did that help at all? I asked. I feel like we ended back at square one. Oh, absolutely, she said. I thought it was possible, but you've given some credence to the idea that Michael knows what happened. It does seem likely that he was either involved or he's protecting someone who was involved. Either way, he's not an unaware party. She paused for a moment, and I could see her studying my face, correctly deducing that I was deciding whether or not selling Michael up the river had been worth it. Do you feel... alright? That you told me about that? I know that Michael is you, and you've essentially implicated him. Is this... hard for you? N no, it's fine. I closed my eyes for a moment. I think that you're right, that Michael wanted me to tell you, and even if he didn't, I think that I was right to tell you. Michael is a Mike, he's one of us. But Mikes need to be wrangled every now and then, even the Mike who says that he's the sheepdog. You don't have to explain that to me, Anne teased. Besides, you're not gonna kill him or anything, I said. We just need to figure out exactly what happened and when in order to keep base from violating this Hunter Hartley agreement. Uh, who said anything about not killing Michael? Anne asked. What? We're not killing Michael, I said. I mean, Mike, if he did it... I could feel a lump in my throat. I swallowed hard and looked at Anne, beginning to stand up unconsciously. I don't know what my body was planning for me. Run? 
Run out of the door of base and then what? Go tell Michael what I'd done? Flee? Whatever it was, it wasn't something on the conscious level. I felt like an animal who didn't realize it was stepping on a trap until it was too late. Anne had a look of surprise on her face. Oh no, Mikey, I'm so sorry, I was kidding. I thought you knew that I was kidding. Oh, oh no, you were actually worried. Mikey, I'm so sorry. I thought that you would pick up on the joke. No, of course I'm not going to kill Michael or anyone else involved in this. There will be corrections and there will be consequences and they might be severe, but nobody's getting the death penalty over it. I, I need to lie down, I said. I didn't understand why that had caused such a severe reaction in me. Uh, yeah, sure, she said. Sorry, bad joke. I laid down on the couch that I had been sitting on. I shouldn't have joked about that. You're him, after all, so in a very real sense, I made a joke about killing you, and considering your track record, you have every right to be touchy about that. He's not me, I shot back sternly, and I don't know why I reacted like that. Kill him for all I care. Okay, if you say so, Anne said. We can talk about something else. Now would be a fine time to change the subject. You made it most of the way through the checklist. Okay, change the subject to what? I asked. Anne did that thing where you sit up straight by bouncing onto the balls of your feet for like a split second with your hands on your knees. It's not standing or even half standing because you never put your body weight over your knees, but it's also not just sitting up because you do take your weight off of your butt. And I thought there's gotta be a word for this, so I googled it and turns out there's not and all the ads I get are for ball pit balls and knee braces. I do hope you understand what I'm trying to describe. She put her weight on the balls of her feet for a split second, and she used this movement to get closer to the edge of the seat, at which point she sat up straight. How is there not already a word for this? You know what? Let's make up a word for it. Posture bouncing. Anne posture bounced into a more upright position and changed the subject. Okay, I'll start with a straight question, just like with the hunter stuff. Anne said, Are you mustard seed? No, I'm not, and I'm tired of people assuming that I am, I said. And you're not just saying that because you couldn't prove that Mustard Seed had ever contacted you? She asked. Because they never have, I said. What would I gain from being Mustard Seed? Beats me, Anne said. But they've messaged everyone but you, and they've been posting Wobegon guides on Reddit, so smells like you. Smells like me? Why would I post a Wobegon guide to Reddit? I asked. I don't know, she said, but their guide has the hand thing. I never did the hand thing, only you did. You know, the, the hand thing with the song? Yes, I remember the hand thing, I said. And yes, I know that I was the only one of the two of us to do it. Ryan said that it was to score more points because I was in the lead, and yep, saying that out loud now, I realized that that was definitely bullshit and he was just trying to fuck with me. Successfully, I might add. But why would I post a guide? I don't want people playing. And if I did want people playing, then I wouldn't want people to cheese that challenge by finding the song without putting in any work. Do you know how many hours I spent scrubbing through every song with the word once in it? I listened to 850 songs before I found the right one. Okay, but we had Chance reach out to the hunters and they didn't have to do the hand thing either, Anne said. And Mustard Seed has been trying to contact them as well. Chance reported that they're a little bit angry about it because they think that Mustard Seed is us. Well, specifically, they think that Mustard Seed is you. Well, too bad because it's not me, I repeated. I already noted that you said that, Anne said, gesturing towards her notebook. Did you note that I meant it? 
I asked. Uh, I can note that you said that you meant it, she said. But it really seems like you, Mike. This person is sending weird messages and links to basically everyone at base and the hunters. How would someone who isn't one of us even know that Charlie, for instance, is connected to any of this? Charlie has been getting messages from this creep? I asked. Yeah, everyone but you it seems like, and the messages to me mention things that only you would know about, Anne said. What? What kind of things? I asked. I could feel my face flushing. Stuff about the hideout from the third challenge. When I got hurt so bad and we had to wait it out a week? No one else knows about that. Only you, Mike. You and your future iterations. There was a distance in her eyes as she remembered the third challenge. I knew that look. I also had multiple memories that gave me reason to have that expression when I thought of them. And think about it. Why would I do any of this? You have to know how seriously I take base, I said. I know, and I do trust you. Granted, it might not have sounded like it just now, but I do trust you, she said. I'm just trying to understand what's going on. And the evidence points to you, but you're right that there's no motive. I have no idea what you would be achieving by doing this. Hell, I don't know what they're achieving if it's not you. Like, what's the point? Well, I guess I'm glad that I'm only partly suspected of being mustard seed then, I said. Is there any way that I can see all of these messages sometime? I don't see why not, Anne said. I'm in the process of collecting them from everyone right now. I should have all of the transcripts soon, and I've been cataloging their public online posts. I'm trying to see if there's some sort of digital fingerprint in there somewhere, but yeah, you can see them. If you're him, then you've already seen them, right? And if you're not, then there's no harm in showing you. I'm glad that the moral calculation has come out in my favor this time, I said. I felt awful, being suspected of something that I honestly didn't do for once. There are so many terrible things that I did do. I would like to be suspected of those, please, not this wannabe hacker nonsense. It's childish. It's below me at this point in my life. It wasn't me. And I didn't think that it was my iterations. It couldn't have been Latvia Mike. He's too mature for this too. And it wouldn't be Michael either. He's not too mature for this, but there would be like a cowboy western theme to the whole thing if it were him. He would have a username like Tumbleweed. He would be found out immediately. I'm sorry that changing the subject just made things worse. I don't know what I thought would happen, she said. I looked out the window. A fuzzy bumblebee lazily flew past in the afternoon sun. The bees were not extinct. It's fine, you had to ask, I said. Before any more could be said, the front door flung open. Anne was standing in the doorway, sweating, a frightened expression on her face. Anne, we have a problem, a big one, Anne said. You can't come in here, Anne said. I've got Mike with me, we're not supposed to be in the same place and time right now. Yes, I know, Anne said, which is how you know that we have a legitimate emergency. I don't want to be here, I have to get you and then we have to get this resolved immediately. What's going on? I asked. We can't talk in front of him, we need to go, Anne said. Okay, well, then give me just a minute. I've got to send him back, Anne said. No, there's no time, Anne said. Wait, so you're leaving me here? I don't even know when in time I am, I objected. At least let me have a calculator. I'm a big boy. I can make it back on my own. No, because then you'll know when you are, Anne said. Anne, we need to leave. Pronto, Anne said. Okay, fine. Mike, I didn't actually move you through time, she admitted. I only moved you through space. It was a trick. There are less contingencies now than if we were actually going back and forth through time just to conduct interviews. I'm still in the present, I asked. Yep, gotta run. Thanks for doing the interview, Mike. I'll be back. 
soon, I hope, Anne said. She was already heading out the door. Bye, Mike, Anne added. The door slammed shut abruptly. I was alone at base. I sat in silence for a while, wondering what the emergency could be, who Mustard Seed was, how they could know so much about us. After a minute or two, I returned to my bedroom. I practiced the cowboy voice. How did Anne know that I had been practicing the cowboy voice? Did she overhear me? I swore to be more careful from then on. Only practice the voice when nobody is at base, on a day like today. This has been Wobegon. Next time, who is Mustard Seed? Thanks for playing. I remember the mood being really high after our action-packed mission went off without a hitch. <laughs> I remember the mood being really high after our action... I remember the... Hitch! The easy explanation would be that, yeah, he feels guilty about killing Edgar Edgar Hunter. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.